Welcome to No Filter, a skincare podcast featuring the good, the bad, and the unfiltered. Hosted by myself, Courtney Adams. And me, Griffin Churchwell. Hey everyone, it's me, Courtney. I am taking the podcast on another solo interview. I just happen to have a friend that's a therapist, and she just happens to work with primarily women who are going through eating disorders, who have body image issues, and just all kinds of trauma. So what better person to talk to about body image and what that looks like than a therapist? So... Let's kind of go into it. Let's scratch the surface a little bit. Remember, this is no filter. We're just kind of having a very candid conversation. Nothing we say here today is meant to treat, cure, or any of that stuff that you normally hear before you talk to a medical professional. So without further ado, let's welcome Christine Snipes. All right, pull hang with Christine Snipes. Um, I'm just going to get right into it. Christine, introduce yourself. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going through puberty. (laughs) (laughs) My throat was on the ledge. Hi, uh, my name is Christine Snipes, and I am a therapist. I'm working towards getting my license, so I have about 600 hours left to do that and a couple tests, but I've been practicing for over two years now, graduated with my master's in clinical mental health counseling, did my internship at Hope Clinic for Women, which is a pregnancy crisis nonprofit center. They um, offer just different medical um, opportunities for people in hard places. And then has, I've been specializing in eating disorders for about a year now. So that's working with eating disorders, disordered eating, and body image issues. Speaking of body image issues, we, um, Christine and I, it is like almost 100 degrees out here today, and she's house-sitting one of our friend's homes, and they just happen to have a pool. So we're out here just to us. You know, when you're like at the pool with just a girlfriend, you can like be your most free self. It does not matter what you look like. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how you feel in a bikini. But then we just started talking about body image issues and what better place to have a podcast than at the pool in a swimsuit right yes yeah. <laughs> like okay we're in our 30s we're going through that stage in life where sometimes putting on the swimsuit is just a little too hard it doesn't matter what size you are mm-hmm. especially in covid and like people are feeling really i think like down about their bodies because gyms have been closed and they've mm-hmm. been eating weird and whatnot so i just wanted to kind of like dive into maybe that whole topic of body image and being a woman, also being a man, because it doesn't just affect women, but straight off the gate, who is primarily, like, what's your demographic? Women. Of what ages? I would say from 20 all the way up to 60. Okay, so, so 60. Mm-hmm. Still Yeah, I mean, there's been, um, I've had some clients that have struggled with eating disorders for, you know, 30 to 40 years, and it all started with dieting. So actually, one in four people that start diets usually end up with an eating disorder of some kind. Wow, that's scary mm-hmm. and sad. Yeah, definitely. Um, have you ever had an eating disorder? 
that you'd be open to talking about? No, which is actually really weird as far as like, you know, whenever you go into a profession, you might have like some sort of niche in mind, but then for whatever reason, you know, life turns left. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I haven't struggled with an eating disorder per se. I would say that I definitely struggled with disordered eating um, and definitely body image issues. I don't think Wait, that, back up. Yeah. What's the difference? What is disordered eating? So basically eating disorder and disordered eating is on a spectrum. So you have anything from mild um, to moderate to severe. And so an e- disorder eating would be kind of on the mild side. So that might mean that you maybe restrict a meal every other day or, um, you know, maybe a couple times a week or maybe you, you know, have a, a binge and it could be kind of like um, emotional eating. Um, anything that's kind of past the point of eating after you're full. Um, or it could be purging, and purging doesn't have to just be, you know, getting rid of your food. The typical bulimic. Right. Stereotype. It can also be with exercise. It can be with laxatives. It could be with, um, you know, different medication that tries to monitor your weight. So there's different ways, and it's obviously very complex, but disordered eating is basically something that would be a little less infrequent than a full-blown eating disorder would be. That makes a lot of sense. It's something that you don't really think about. Mm -hmm. Um, You kind of, I think from the outside, because I've never suffered from an eating disorder. I'm a pretty thin person, so I think naturally growing up, people always thought, do you eat? I I always hated that living in the South. Mm -hmm. Honey, you need to go eat something. It's like, hold up, I just ate a cheeseburger, okay? My (laughs) metabolism is high. Um, But yeah, I, I think it's just really like refreshing to hear the outside perspective because we as humans are naturally just kind of like judgmental people and when we don't fully understand something we become even more judgmental Mm -hmm. so my background in social work was working um with youth and i have a social work degree so i was really excited when my friend christine went back to school for her masters because it really kind of i think gave us some things to to talk about um okay let's kind of dive a little bit deeper yeah Okay, so let's dive deeper at the pool. At the pool. <laughs> but um, no pun intended. Or it was. It's okay. <laughs> so, yes. So a client comes in, and how like how do you find your clientele? Like how does that happen? Um, it can. Or how do they find you? Yeah, it can be by referrals. So it could be because they went to the doctor and maybe shared some concerns about, you know, anxiety or depression or even food and um, weight. It could be anything. Um, or it could be from a dietitian. A lot of it actually comes from, like, psychology today. So that's where you can um, look up different therapists that have their profiles and you kind of just see, you know, who you might be drawn to the most. Yeah. I think it's definitely um, relational. So every client that maybe calls me, I might not schedule with or I'll have like one session. You know, it kind of just depends on what the fit is um, and what they're looking for and also specialty and competency as well is really important. Um, But I would say the biggest um, way that clients come to me is by referrals. By referral. Mm -hmm. Like you've worked with someone or another counselor or whatnot. Or even a client. When you talk to women and you hear the negative self-talk 
how do you cancel that out? And or or what is the tool that you could give our listeners when they go to look in the mirror and that negative self-talk starts coming? Like I've got to put my swimsuit on. I have oh my gosh, I've got this little bit of flab or I've got this yeah. or I'm not tan enough. Like yeah. there's 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 that yeah Casper over here yeah. like same yeah, yeah. Same. okay yeah I'm reflecting in the water <laughs> um, but like there's just so many things that we say to ourselves so like what is the tool for the client that can't shut it off well I think it's different things work for you know different people so what I like to try to do is help them find something that's going to be helpful for them specifically. Um, you know, number one is just bringing awareness. You know, if you can invest in your awareness and bring some, um, you know, just being an observer of kind of what your self-talk is, that's really the biggest battle because sometimes we can just feel like that is so normal and so automatic, like we don't have any power over it. Mm -hmm. And that makes us feel really helpless. And um, so it can be really helpful just to have um, clients reminded that, hey, you actually do have a choice in this and what voice you listen to. Um, and then kind of getting them to begin to be curious about, you know, where did this voice kind of come from? Like, what were some experiences that you had growing up even um, that kind of formed this, this self-talk? You know, so for instance, it could be someone's mom who was... Um, struggling with her own body image issues and then projected that onto her daughter or even her son, right? You know, so like these implicit and explicit messages. So it might not even be that their mom outright, outright said something about like, hey, you know, your body, you need to go on a diet, you need to stop this, you need to do this, aka somehow your body's not okay. Or it could be that, you know, a client observed their mom's relationship with their body and so they implicitly you know formed up this message that well if she doesn't love her body then you know and I'm comparing my body to hers and we have the same body then somehow my body's not okay mm, yeah. so just kind of helping them bring awareness as far as like what different experiences they had that um, got them to where they are today and so you know some tools that can be helpful is Number one, awareness, just bringing awareness to what your experience is. Um, reappraisals are really helpful. So we like to look at, I think, as humans, as if our body is an object, you know, as if it's supposed to be used for something or it's supposed to look a certain way. Um, reappraisals can be shifting the focus from appearance to function so instead of oh i hate my arms you know they're they're all flabby you know I'm like well but they allow me to carry but yeah they this <laughs> big beautiful fern plant <laughs> right <laughs> or you know hug my partner after a long day or carry my baby yeah. you know um these the fern plant is my baby Right. Yes. <laughs> you care about your fern baby and your fern baby needs to be carried. So your arms help you to do that. Yes. And that's beautiful. Um, so just these little shifts in perspective can be really helpful. That's huge, I think, too. Yeah. And also that plays in the skin as well. Yes. Because a lot of people like when they come in, 
they're so concerned about like what they see and they think everybody else sees this and it could be one pimple and it's like I have to remind them like there is no such thing as perfection Mm -hmm. we are all so different in our own unique way and it has so much to do with hereditary and just like your anatomy and like uh yeah look can we like turn to the joy of comparison like the the kill of the joy that comes from comparison comparison is such a pit you know and um and another thing even trying to bring awareness to like what they avoid you know so do they avoid mirrors Mm. because whatever you avoid gets bigger so you can't transform something unless you confront it so one of the biggest ways that you can um, conquer negative body image is to figure out what are the things that you're avoiding because whatever you're avoiding you're just feeding into that right so if you aren't looking at the mirror well then it's just reinforcing this belief that you don't like yourself right so if you can have the courage to confront yourself in the mirror and really um you know have take the power back over that negative voice and start to reframe it um then little by little it will make your anxiety increase and it will suck you know but um ultimately long term it makes a huge difference do you find that the majority of your clients suffer from some form of anxiety and depression yes yeah it just kind of all goes hand in hand yeah because it's like a spiral yeah so and i think that um education is really powerful helping people understand their nervous system and how it works so you know if you are in fight and fight or flight or freeze um constantly then depression eventually your body's just going to shut down yeah So we try to help clients figure out where they feel safe, and sometimes people don't feel safe in their body. So it's creating an atmosphere, an environment, and even just repairing that connection on like, okay, how can they start to feel safe again where they can tolerate connecting to their bodies? Um, And obviously, like, that's really complex and it's different for everyone, but um, helping people identify where they feel safe or let's say like their window of tolerance Um, is really helpful and then what are some um, realistic goals that you can start to expand that window and um, defeat some of this anxiety and anxiety can be a lot of different issues um, but sometimes it can be that we're just not feeding ourselves enough literally Mm -hmm. like I we kind of talked about that earlier I am in the business of self-care so like when you walk in my room I'm like turn your phone off like close your eyes, become one with my table, <laughs> you know, <Yes. laughs> sink into that mother trucker and like, don't open your eyes until your treatment's done. You know, take those few minutes for yourself to recharge your batteries because you can't, you know, you can't fill from an empty tank. But what I find so often is that some of my clients that have the highest depression or like highest anxiety levels, I can't say depression cause I, I'm, not their doctor Mm -hmm. but anxiety are you sometimes the people that see me the least yeah because they don't see the importance not saying the facial is the important part but they don't see the self-care yeah as the important part but I have a few clients that I have to remind them it's okay to do something for yourself Mm -hmm. I I mean one of my clients that comes to mind like she has children that are on the spectrum Mm -hmm. she has like yeah she's tired yeah. she's stressed yeah 
she wor- she she struggles with body image because she doesn't like take the time for herself mm-hmm. but she'll say like my husband like he has to go cycle when he gets home from work and like he doesn't let anything come in the way of that and that is the key mm-hmm. like and I'm like so I'm like so why can't you do that why can't you feel selfish enough to take your hour to go do what you want to do mm-hmm. at the end of the day to recharge your batteries yeah so like what you kind of said like self-care is so huge when I think treating and maybe not healing because yeah. I think depression can come in different cycles in life for you sure know? but like alleviating yeah some of that anxiety yeah well, and I think that, like, there's a difference between self-care and being selfish. Yes. Right? You know, like... Like, is it selfish to take a shower? No. If you need a shower, honey, take one. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's not... That was, that's what makes you feel good. And, like, every now and then, maybe it's you spend the extra $10 on the bougie shampoo or something that you can stay in the shower three minutes extra mm-hmm. and do that shampoo treatment on mm-hmm. yourself or whatever. It's like you can find self-care in the littlest moments and it doesn't have to be beauty. It, it doesn't have to be anything associated with that. I think it could be you go sit outside on a blanket in the grass and put your feet. could be reading your favorite book. It's reading your favorite book. It's listening to a song mm-hmm. that brings you back to like that happy place. It's, it's giving yourself some sort of happiness and enjoyment that is only for you. Yeah. Well, and I think even to, you know, kind of looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, okay? And this is something that's, like, so basic, but something that I think that we all forget, especially when life gets crazy and you have kids or you're going through a freaking pandemic, you know, like, life is happening to all of us. But if you don't get your basic needs met, you're not going to have the energy to get your social needs met or to be able to work through the really hard things like trauma. Like eating, sleeping. Like eating. So, yeah, eating three meals a day, if you can, with some snacks, you know. But that also means, like, eating foods that you just enjoy, you know, and, like, having that balance. If health is balance, then it is having healthy balance with food. And so that means that, yeah, you... Um, you don't neglect basic nutrition, right? And by all means, I'm sure you probably preach this to your clients, like drink your water. Yeah. Hydrate. It's crazy how many people just say, I don't like water. You're made up of it. Your whole body is (laughs) water. Right. (laughs) You need to love it. Right. (laughs) Yes. And if you don't like water, then get some crystallite or fruit in it whatever but um but yeah so food water sleep a lot of us don't get good sleep Mm -hmm. you know so um and that can really be helpful just having like some sort of routine you know a bedtime routine a morning time routine making sure you're getting at least eight hours something I want to throw into that too ladies if you're at an age even if like I don't know it doesn't matter your age if something is not right with your body it is only up to you to try to figure out what is off you are your best advocate Mm -hmm. I mean like only you can advocate for your own health so I always encourage my clients that everything they do they can't get rid of the acne okay you know what it might be time to have a panel of blood work Mm -hmm. you're struggling with anxiety 
it might be time to get your blood drawn. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need to might we might need to see what's actually going on internally because sometimes it's not the environment. Sometimes it's actually something in you that's chemically or hormonally off. Yeah, yeah, it's unique for everybody. So yeah, this is like we just want to say like this is not to like treat or cure or to say like what we're saying is correct. It's just to give insight that like this is so common and body image issues are such a real thing Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what size you are no it doesn't like you could be okay I always tell people because when they think they have really bad skin I'm like girl there is somebody else out there looking at your skin thinking that they wish they had your skin if only they had your skin (laughs) their life would be complete and that's the same way about bodies Mm mm-hmm Yeah, and I think even looking at, okay, if you did have this perfect skin or this perfect body, um, what do you think that that would get you, Mm. really? You know, is that, does that mean that you would be more lovable, that you would be enough, that you would be accepted, that you would have other people's approval? And then it's just kind of being real with them as far as, like, life's not perfect and you're not going to have everybody's approval or acceptance. But, you know... Um, I think even just bringing awareness to that, that can be really healing as far as like, what is their internal motivation for getting this thing? Right. And then what is it costing them from their actual life as well? When do you think it's time to see a professional? I would say when one or more area, when you're suffering, you know, like when you feel like you are not able to um, to maybe conquer something that you can't, you know, if a pattern is showing up, that can be really helpful to go and get some professional counseling. Um, anytime that there's any kind of trauma, you know, and that looks like substance abuse, eating disorder, um, suicidality, you know, anything that is destroying your quality of life, then it's time to seek some help. With COVID, I know that definitely is affecting a lot of therapists because, one, people don't want to go be around someone else Mm -hmm. face-to-face. But it's like when you're doing a telehealth, we talked about this kind of earlier too, it's like don't you feel so disconnected? Because when someone is in person in therapy, it's like, you know, they can't be on their cell phone. They can't be cross-stitching or knitting. They can't be, like, searching on their Instagram. They have to be fully present in front of you or you challenge them. Like, hey, can you, like, pay attention to me? (laughs) (laughs) Look at me, look at me. But it's like now with telehealth, it's like obviously they're paying for help, so, like, they want to try to get something out of it. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, do you feel disconnected? How, how are you coping with COVID and that, like, on being a professional in that industry? Honestly, I'm really thankful for telehealth, you know, that it even gives me the option to continue care with mm. people. And like anything, I think we're all having to learn how to adapt. Yeah. And it is increasing our ability to practice resiliency and just adjust. So, of course, like, telehealth is not the same as being in person. Um And you have to approach it differently, you know, so there might be some different boundaries that you place and protocols, you know, like, are you alone? Are you safe? Are you do not get on telehealth when you're driving in your car? Call me back until you are parked. 
Um, or like maybe not have other people in the room with you. Do not do that. Yeah, like <laughs> your confidentiality is still important. Um, and I, I, I have had have that conversation before with some clients who are like, will hop online and they're in the car with somebody and it's like, yeah, let's just, I need you to call me back whenever you're alone and you're in a safe place and not driving in the car. Because um, you're also not their friend. Like you're there to be their therapist. Yeah, and I have a professional liability yeah. <laughs> to uphold, yeah. so, you know, and I take that really seriously, um, but I think what is cool about it is that, you know, whether you're in person or not, that whatever's happening in, se- in session is still giving you a lot of good information, so for instance, like, if we're talking about something that you feel resistant to and you start to distract yourself with Instagram, I'm going to get curious about that. So, you know, I think that there's just, it's a different approach and it's not the same, but I think that, you know, what I've found is that clients are still doing really good work. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, great. Do you have anything you want to say? Like, do you have anything that you feel like the world needs to hear? Oh gosh. And by the world, I just mean (laughs) no filter, skincare, podcast. Yeah. I mean, I think that this year's hard. It's yeah. really hard and it's hard for everybody and it's heavy. It's really heavy. So I think like feeding yourself obviously physically is really important, but also emotionally and spiritually, if that's important to you, making sure that you are being reminded of what's true, um, whatever keeps you grounded in this season, um, I think is really important. And so just know that there is hope. I think that mm-hmm. I'm not doing my job if I'm not at least, you know, and you too, like you're not doing your job if you're not giving them some sort of hope, right? Absolutely. Like this can, it might suck right now, but it can get better. You know, if you just adjust these things. My God, can you imagine if you went to an esthetician and they were like, oh shit, girl, there is no hope. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, or your gynecologist. (laughs) I think I'll call my own therapist. (laughs) Sherry, you'll never believe. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think that just making sure that you are keeping yourself around safe people, that you are feeling supported, that you do not isolate. You know, just because we have to physically distance does not mean that we have to socially distance. There you go. So... Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thanks for having me and opening your phone and pressing record. Yes, <laughs> sister. And we just want to shout out to Jasper, which is Christine's dog, which you probably heard walking around in the background and hey, buddy. slurping up some water. Until next time, guys, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for taking the time to listen. We want to thank Kelsey Kopecki for letting us use her music and Damian Churchwell for the sound engineering. Please leave us a review, throw us some stars, and subscribe.